Matt Step. You doing anything this weekend? <laughs> we'll see. Tap and Step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tupper. And I am the Step, back from Canada, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber, and welcome to the Botana Platter. That's right. We did it. Mm-hmm. We, we made it. We made it. We made it. Hang uh, the banner. The Mission l- accomplished. The last podcast we, the last game we previewed was Duncanville North Shore. Duncanville North Shore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that feels like eons ago. This feels like a, I know, like it it's has, funny, this hasn't been that long of an off season because the season's starting earlier, mm-hmm. but it's been a not non-realignment off season. I'm telling are, are you, man. Long. All right, but, uh, the the positive is we we this this is a realignment off season. So yeah, it's always realignment off seasons always seem a little shorter because there's there's so much new. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're gonna have new districts to talk about all off season mm-hmm. and realignments in early February. So J- we're gonna spend all of January talking about realignment, and then we'll talk spend all of February dissecting realignment. So then we're already we're, you know. We're already into March by then, so yeah. So we have made it, uh, it. to the uh, to the the fireworks factory. There are more than seven hundred high school football mm-hmm. games this weekend, mm-hmm. many of which which will kick off at like nine thirty p.m. Apparently, yeah, maybe late. We may, you know, high sc- <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm not. There's nothing against <laughs> high school football after dark. High school football after dark, baby. That one year it was the COVID. Ironically. One of the, one of my most fun games I ever covered was hashtag Region Four After Dark. Yes, when Corpus Christi Miller and Lampasas, for some weird reason, decided to kick off like at eight thirty on a Saturday night in <laughs> in the playoffs. And oh, and the game, was, because it was a it was like a fifty five forty. It lasted yeah. late into the night. And it was so much fun. And the thing is. We're sitting around. You're at the game. I was at the game. But yeah. we're sitting around waiting to finalize brackets. Like it's the last game. Going oh yeah, on. it was like well after. It was almost midnight when that game ended. Yes. Region because that game because that was if, if Corpus H- Christi Miller would have won that there because Lampasas is mm-hmm. north of you know Austin. So the the game I think Corpus you know Corpus Christi Miller the game would have been. At two different locations, depending on who won, it wasn't like the winner. Of this game is going to play here at this time, this day against this opponent. It was two different sites. Was that Ace Whitehead versus Andrew Body? Was that rocks, man? It was a great. That rocks. I, we need to go back. That if we ever did like a um, off season like game like mm-hmm. look back, that that would be. If it weren't for that pesky pandemic, it would have been. <laughs> but that was, you know, re- remembering that game. That was one of the few games that year that felt like a normal football. Because I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't think the fifty percent rule was real well followed that game. <laughs> it was just, it was, it just felt like a nor- any other high school. It was a great game. That that might be one game we do an oral history on. Mm-hmm. Like l- look back maybe one day. It's, it was a lot of fun. This is your week one, twenty twenty three preview. We're here. We did it. Yeah. We're here. We out here. Is is week one your favorite week of the year? I, we, I, we talk about this every year. Is, is, is this? Yeah, it's this. For me, it's the first round of play. By district's my favorite, By district. year, favorite week of the year. Man, I low-key love the semifinals, too. Like, semifinal yeah. weekend. And part of it is that we have to come up here and work, and so I'm around you nerds, mm-hmm. and so, like, we just, like, watch football and 
you know we're working. It's I don't know. And you're you're really in the zone. But top do, five week though. I it's do top five. Week, I do love week one, man. Yeah, week it's one rocks. Start of the season. Uh, it's your week one preview edition of Teppan's. Step. That's another off. It's, uh, we're all, in addition to ranking the letters of the alphabet. Next off season, we're going to rank the weeks one through seventeen. <laughs> high school football season. <laughs> That's have, our next. <laughs> oh my god, what terrible content. Debating week eight there. versus week seven. Uh, this is the uh, this is your week one preview edition of Teppan Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Coming up here in just a little bit. It's the first game draft of the year, baby. Boom. Woo, we're Let's back. Uh, Doing it again. We're, we're, bringing we're running back it back. Draft. But first, Matthew, we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Mm, mm, mm. Special shout out to our sponsor, Country Meats. They handcraft delicious, healthier snacks that help groups and teams easily raise money with 12 delicious flavors to choose from. Reach your fundraising goals fast and order yours at countrymeats.com. Use the discount code STEP10 to get 10% off your first order. That's discount code STEPP10 at checkout at countrymeats.com. Countrymeats.com. Matt Steph's recording me saying it or something. You're taking a photo. Taking pictures for uh, Twitter. Uh, for pic- I'm just so excited. You're going to need to see on Twitter the excitement I have for yes. country meats. Yes. Uh, my favorite flavor is absolutely the spicy barbecue. Yeah. I know pickles, you know, she's she's partial to pickle flavored. Shocking. Oh, God. Uh, the ghost pepper is also good. I, the, the problem with the spicy flavors right now is just, it's just so hot. So exactly. I, I need a refreshing. I, country meats, I need you guys to invent like a, a, a refreshing, like ice flavored country meat. <laughs> your, Do that for us. Your Texas high school football fun fact of the week, Matthew, because next week we'll have all sorts of new data to deal, mm-hmm. deal with. But this year, one last time, we're digging back into 2022. Matt Stepp, named the only three UIL 11-man districts that had three 10-win teams last year. The only there were three okay. UIL eleven man districts that had three ten win teams. Which okay. districts were they? Eleven six A. Eleven six A is probably the layup. Uh, Duncanville, Desoto, and Waxahachie yes. were all ten win teams. Um, did thirteen four A Division two have three ten win teams? Thirteen four A Division the Wim- two. Wimberley, Lago uh, Vista. No, Dang. they had. Uh, two. They had Wimberley, they had Lagovis, and then they had Geronimo Navarro, who went eight and five, ah. and they had Gerald, who went six and seven. Okay. All of whom played plenty of games to qualify yeah, for the ten wins, the 10. but didn't get mm. there. No. Um, did uh, was it the North Shore Tascosa CE King District? It's not District Twenty One Six. Really? No, District Twenty One Six. They did have North Shore fifteen one and a Tascosa eleven and three, but then. Uh, C.E. King went nine and five, <sighs> and Summer Creek went eight and five. You're getting tripped up. You you've identified the districts with a lot of good teams in them. Yeah, but yeah. they also just took a bunch of L's. Yeah, dang it. Last guess. Three ten win teams from 2022. This is tough. This is this is challenging. I'm in my bag. You are in your bag. Um. He's tapping his microphone. Nervously. Yeah. This is tough. Uh, no, it's not that district. I only think of two. I'm tapping out. District 4, 6A. South Lake Carroll, Byron Nelson, and Keller, all 10-win teams. Keller got the 10 Keller wins? Keller was 10-3, man. 
man. Keller okay. was 10 to 3. Okay. Remember, they got hot. Yeah, they, I was at their second round playoff game against Mendel Legacy. The other one you're gonna you're gonna kick yourself because this is the one this is the one that has like literally some of your some of your faves, as as a great man once said. Some of your faves. Matt Step, District 4, 3A Division 1. Brock went 11 and 5. Mm. Paradise went 10 and 3, and Whitesboro went 11 and 2. Yep. Those are the three 10 win, uh, the three districts with three 10 win teams from 2022, and that is your Texas high school football fun one. fact of the week. Probably the last one dealing with 2022 data. Probably. Yes. Now we're about to get new data mm-hmm. because Matt Step, it's time. For our game draft, because normally we would do week uh, the week in review. Yes, but, but we, uh, we don't have any, you want to review some scrimmages? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> who do you th- who was the most impressive winner of your of your of the scrimmages? Do you think last week? Mm, the Heat. You think the Heat was the big <laughs> the heat, winner? The Heat won. Yeah, because uh, nobody wins or loses a scrimmage, Greg Tepper. Uh, but Matt, so I do have some exciting news. Can I tell you though mm-hmm. that we have a new partner with Tep and Step? Really? The new presenting partner. Of the game draft is our friends at Community Coffee. Well, hello, Community Coffee. This game Welcome. draft is brought to you by Community Coffee, who supports and celebrates the thriving communities at the heart of Texas high school football. Community Coffee, strong as our roots. I like strong coffee. Uh, you, are you, you, you do, I'm a coffee drinker. I'm not a coffee drinker. Yeah. But if you were, Community Coffee, popular in break rooms across, across America. At your big boy job, do they have community yes. coffee? Yeah, they, we, we do have community coffee. We get coffee. community coffee here, too. It's yeah. delicious. Thanks, it's, community It's coffee. a break room staple. If Corporate th- America. If this is your first episode sure of... Not sure it's a copy pointer. <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Here's how it works. Matt, Step, and I are going to go back and forth selecting games we are most interested in. That's the, the caveat, the, like the rule here. Mm-hmm. Most interested in. It can be for whatever reason. If you want to take a game between two winless teams, you absolutely can. Mm-hmm. It's whatever you can sell us on as you being interested in. You're most interested in, and then we're going to go back and forth, do five rounds. Once it's picked, it's off the board, and then we're going to round it all out with the return of the hipster game of the week. Mm, oh yeah. We love it. Did you see the hipster my hipster picks today, the graphic? I love it. They got the beanie and the the, <laughs> is, the gross what, mustache. Will is it Somebody asked me what was my favorite IPA on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> You just love hops. Yeah, what can I know, say? You know, uh, I love those home brews, let me tell you. It's time for our game draft. We had a, a coin flip before the show. Step won the coin flip, which means that he gets the very first draft pick of 2023. Any game across the state is There's on the board. There's a lot of good ones. There's it's more a, than 700. There's a lot of good it's ones. great week. It's, it, it really is. That's a good place to start. There, it's an excellent week yeah, one. There, there's some weeks where we're like, oh, boy, fine, you know. Week six, looking at you. <laughs> that's, I think we've. That's I think yearly week six is like a, always a bad. We're week. usually pretty honest about it on this show. Is like when it's a bit of a tough week, like a struggle bus mm-hmm. week. We'll Tell. let you know. Yeah. But this week, there's no excuse to not be watching on Texan Live or not be at a game this week because there, there's bangers all over the place. And uh, my first game, Greg Tepper. Uh, shall I take you to Allen, Texas, Ooh. on Saturday night, mm-hmm. as the College Station Cougars? take on the Lovejoy Leopards in the final game of the Tom Landry Classic. Wow. And this game intrigues me for a number Your of reasons. First overall pick. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This game fascinates me. Here's why. You remember a year... Let, let's let's, let's, let's go, go in the Wayback Machine mm-hmm. a year ago. A wounded College Station team that hadn't figured themselves out yet, didn't know who their quarterback was going to be, 
just lost their best player, Marquise Collins, to an injury in their scrimmage. Took on Lovejoy, who was highly rated, fresh off back-to-back 13-1 seasons. Had all the talent in the world at receiver. Just lighting it up. Mm-hmm. And Lovejoy came in there and destroyed College Station. And we, we a lot of us were like, oh, boy, rough year for College Station. Look out for Lovejoy. And, boy, the tables turned after that real quick. College Station got themselves together, ran ran all the way to a state championship game appearance in 5A Division One. Lovejoy had internal issues out the wazoo last year. Couldn't – they were you mm-hmm. know, three different guys rotating around at quarterback, a lot of grumblings, never could get it together. And Lovejoy got beat in the second round by, by South Oak Cliff. And if not for recovering three onside kicks and, and <laughs> making a late run, they, they would have gotten beat by South Oak Cliff pretty bad they would have gotten run out of they were down 42 to 10 i think at one point in that game we don't like it's now after the fact long enough that i think the uh the statute of limitations has expired on this that we can talk about it it was a mess in lovejoy last year yeah and it was two move-in quarterbacks and and they they ended up they ended up benching the kid basically thirds the kid who as a sophomore threw for like 50 touchdowns and led him to a 13 and one record hondo franklin they, he was basically third string for a good portion of the year. And that that raised a lot of eyebrows and mm-hmm. caused a lot of consternation in, in town. And, and I think it it was a cloud that hung over that team all last year. Now, that cloud's no longer there because two of those guys graduated. And it's Franklin's team once again. The guy who was a sophomore led the way is back and as a senior is leading this Lovejoy team. And there there's no shortage of offensive talent. For Lovejoy, they've still got they got Parker Livingstone out wide committed to Texas. They got Dalen McCutcheon, um, who is a I believe he's committed to LSU. It's like a top, yeah, it's like he's, a top. He's big time, top receiver. Um, and then they've got a they got a sophomore. I'm tell you right now, mark this name down, Jalen Lott. Okay, you remember James Lott, right? I remember played James Lott. Refurio legend uh-huh. played at Texas. It's his son, so he's got oh, wow. the bloodlines. Jalen Lott, mm-hmm. sophomore, stud receiver. Um, Lovejoy is gonna gonna be really good offensively. I think Peyton Pierce, the Ohio State commit at linebacker, is healthy. Dude, that's another kid. He was never healthy all last yeah. year. He was he was just never healthy last year. Um, he's back. So Lovejoy's got playmakers. They got dudes all over the place. They got College Station. Arrington Maiden's back. The M- Memphis commit. They've got um, Aiden Martinez Brown, mm-hmm. the so- running back who was so good as a sophomore for him. Um, Tony Hamilton leads a really good defense. They got uh, a transfer Bra- uh, uh, from Bremont, Braylon Wortham, who yeah. was Bremont's best player. He's kind of a do-it-all kind of athlete. Can kind of do much. They, they got College Station has pieces as well. So um, they're and one thing that I think people aren't aren't going to really remember about this game. College Station was embarrassed in that Lovejoy game. Yeah, last they were year. They, thirty-eight they, seven or something. It was bad. They got they got their pants pulled. I, I want to say it was like fifty. Now now you're going to make me look it up. I am going to like Greg Tepper. It was uh, while you look that up. This was a like uh, College Station is a team that I think if they like if last year had played out differently, we'd be talking about them as like a dynasty type thing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they've been in the title game back to back years, back to back years. Yeah. Uh, Lovejoy beat them fifty two to twenty seven last year, and it, and it, it really wasn't. Was no, they it was a couple of window dressing touchdowns late in that game. So so you look at this game and. and and College Station is making a three-hour road, three-plus hour, probably closer to four hours up to up to Allen to play. Lovejoy is like five minutes from Allen. So it's, in essence, a home game for Lovejoy. But I'm telling you, College Station was embarrassed in that game, and I think they've got something to prove in this one. And I know the computers probably like Lovejoy, and 
and all all that, and I for good reason. The recruit Knicks love Lovejoy. They're they're loaded with talent. College Station is tough. They 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 showed me last year under Stony Pryor kind of a new toughness that I didn't really expect from them. I think College Station is going to go to Allen, and I think they're going to beat Lovejoy. Can I shock you? Sure. College Station's a seven point favorite. In okay. That's, I think College Station is going to go to go to Allen and basically win a road game. I mean, it's a road game, and it's a true road game. I, I think. I just don't. Lovejoy College Station found their physicality late mm-hmm. in the year last year, and that's one thing that Lovejoy struggles with. Mm-hmm. When teams punch them in the face and and get after them, Lovejoy has struggled. Now, maybe this is a new year, maybe, but the, the past couple of years, that's, that's been Lovejoy's kryptonite. The other thing about that is that the College Station secondary, say what you want about the front seven, I have some questions, but like the secondary, not really any questions. It's very good. There. They're, They're going to be good. very good, which should neutralize where Lovejoy's best, which is throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. So... I think I agree with you. I think College Station's going to win that game, and I think that it may signal to uh, the remainder of Five A Division Two that, like, yeah, they're or Five A Division One. They're they're the team on the right side of the bracket. I think like they should be considered the team to beat over there, right? Yeah, I mean, you would you they they went they won it last year. Yes. I, I think they're they played for a title the year before. They bring back enough to yeah. to you know they've got a little mini. The only question with College Station, how long they can keep this dynasty going, is is. Do they go 6A next realignment? Right. That's, we'll talk about that in a future Tep and Step. another episode of Tep and Step. <laughs> Probably like in four months. So your first Tep pick. College Station Lovejoy. You took College Station and Lovejoy. Matt Step, my first pick. We're going to go down to the Alamo City. Matt Step, 730. Oh, by the way, we should mention all these times. Very much subject to change. Yeah, that's what I think. I, I think I just said Saturday night for Lovejoy yeah, and Allen. Who it's knows, scheduled guys. to kick off at seven, but who, really, who knows? Like, check your local listing yeah. seriously. It, Saturday is supposed to be slightly cooler. I thought. Yeah, it's only supposed to be like one oh four. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, seven thirty p.m. Friday night at Linoff Stadium in Cibolo. It is the premier game in San Antonio this week, and arguably the premier game in San Antonio this year as mm-hmm. the Cibolo Steel Knights welcome in the San Antonio Brennan Bears. I want you to, like, once again, get back in the Wayback Machine. Mm-hmm. The last time we saw this, this was kind of the coming out party for Cibolo Steel. Mm-hmm. This was, they took on Brennan, who everyone loved. Brennan was a regional finalist the year before, uh, Two years ago, regional f- 2020, they were regional finalists. 2021, they were regional semifinalists. Yeah. So deep runs. Yes. Deep runs. Yes. And Steel, which was, yeah, hey, what's their identity? Where do they fit into this new 6A landscape? They're playing all these sophomores this oh, year. And Brennan had all those three-year starters. Oh, yeah. It Ashton DuBose. Like, it was just, you know, this is, like, Brennan, this, this is the, and Brennan was the team in San Antonio that we were talking about. Like, ooh, man, mm-hmm. maybe that's the year. With the, they got the quarterback to do it. And Steel went in there and just, like, socked him in the mouth. Yeah, I was at that game. Yep. This, this, this was the Saturday night game mm-hmm. at the Alamo Dome last year. And Steel came out early and set the tone. Got up on Brennan, fourteen nothing. Brennan, it was back back and forth game, and Steele scored a, their sophomore quarterback Chad Warner threw a touchdown pass, basically like six seconds left to win the game, thirty five thirty four. Uh, one of the best games I saw all last yeah. year. Great game, and that was the real arrival moment for Steele. Yes, like these sophomores are ready now, and now they're a year older, mm-hmm. and all their dudes are back. Okay, uh, Chad Warner, Royal Cup, uh, Royal Capel. Um, uh, uh, Jalen Cooper, not to mention some uh, reinforcements have arrived. Yeah, Steele has been the beneficiary of several 
key move-ins who, to my understanding, are all eligible. Yes. Um, uh, Jonathan Hatton from Brandeis, who started mm-hmm. for Brandeis at running back as a freshman. Uh, Samuel Harris is in from California. Yes, military kid from California. You know, Steel, as you, you know, we all know, San Antonio's yes. big military area. Steel. Um, Cibolo is especially a big military. Yeah, they have area. a lot of of military uh, families that retire there and, and that kind of thing. Um, Christian Watson from Austin LBJ, mm-hmm. um, a corner who's got multiple D one offers is is there. They had a, a D lineman from San Antonio Davenport come in. I mean, they're, they're, they have a, a receiver DB from San Antonio Roosevelt move in. I mean, they've they've all, all are eligible. So this this team is loaded, absolutely loaded. This is the most talented San Antonio recruiting wise. The most talented San Antonio team probably since some of those great steel teams. Mm-hmm. The, 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 Tommy Tommy Armstrong yeah, and those Mike guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Brennan is kind of on the other side of this. Yeah, the roles are really reversed it's in this It's really game. strange because Brennan is the team that their identity is up in the air. Because mm-hmm. so much of their identity, and maybe this is just me, but I thought so much of their identity was, was uh, tied up in Ashton DuBose because mm-hmm. he was so important to what they did. Um, this year, not going to be the case because he's gone. He's also West, West Texas A&M. Plus, they lose Tyler Turner, who was such an important part of that defense. Yeah, went to too. Oregon. Went to Oregon. Did he go to Oregon? Yeah. I know he, I know he was committed to Oregon for mm-hmm. a while, yeah. So now, they're in reload. I think they're going to be really different. I think they're going to run the ball a lot more Jason Love. They've got a couple of other playmakers that they really like. And to be clear, the cupboard's not bare. Steven Bazor doesn't know how to put together like an underachieving team. Yeah, Brennan, Brennan's been one of the better teams in yes. San Antonio for, for quite some time. And they're going to be good again. I, I think I think the question is how how soon are, the, are these young guys going to mature? Because they're going to be going, they're going with a lot of youth. Because here's why I'm taking it number one. I'm ready to buy... Cibolo Steel state championship contender, especially because they'll go D2. I'm ready to buy Cibolo Steel state championship contender. I got to start seeing it this week mm-hmm. against a San Antonio big boy. Yeah. And I need I need to see Steel hit him in the mouth. Yeah, let's it, let's see if Steel comes out here and, and hands it to Brennan. Yes. I think that validates a lot of the talk that we've had around this office and that's mm-hmm. been going on in San Antonio all off saying Steel's back. They're back. They're for real. If they win a close one, mm-hmm. boy, it takes some of the starch out of it. Takes a little starch out of it. If they and lose, it's really going to be It's really so. because that's I think this is an opportunity for them to send a statewide shock. Litmus met. Litmus yeah. test. Absolutely. This is a litmus test to see if Steel's legit. They come out and they roll Brennan then like, okay, okay. That's that's step number one, and then next week they got they got Lake Travis, and then we'll really we'll really see. So I am very interested in my first pick, Cibolo Steel and San Antonio Brennan. What is your second pick, Matthew? As a great man once said, let's go out to them woods in East Texas. <laughs> What's up, Gay Brooks? <laughs> Head out to Kilgore. Oh, buddy! As the Carthage Bulldogs head over to R.L. St. John Stadium in Kilgore. To take on the Kilgore Bulldogs mm-hmm. in a really fascinating Class 4A matchup between two of East Texas's top top. It's really really good 4A week in East Texas oh, with yeah. this game and then another game that may come up at some point. Um, Battle of Bulldogs, both red red is their school colors. A lot a lot of similarities in these two programs, except for one thing: Carthage has all the state championships. They got a lot of them, mm-hmm. nine to be exact. And uh, I, I think this is a Carthage team that enters the year as the prohibitive favorite in class 4a division two there's no question about it but they've got a big question and it's at quarterback because 
First time we've ever doubted a guy named Surratt. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure I should doubt him. I, I got to watch Jet Surratt in seven on seven throwing around, and he he looks like a Carthage quarterback. You know, he he and he's Scott Surratt's son, so that does come with a certain amount of pressure. There's no question about it because the Surratt name in Texas high school football is, is legendary at this point. So there, there's some pressure that comes with it, but I, I feel like Jet Surratt's built for this. He's he's doesn't seem didn't seem to be bothered you know he seems like one of the guys doesn't seem to be bothered by it and what's a quarterback's best friend a great running game and that is one thing that Carthage has maybe as good as anyone in the state regardless of classification when you have uh KD Matlock KJ Edwards and Larandy and Dowden running the football behind a big offensive line uh-huh. there's no doubt about it Carthage will will be able to move the football and that's going to take a lot of pressure off of yes. Jet Surratt that's one of the things that one of the many things that makes Scott Surratt such a wizard is he is never a guy who's going to take a square peg and fit it into a round hole. Mm -hmm. He is going to take what his team does well and he is going to exacerbate the positives and he's going to attempt to minimize the negatives. And I don't think... First of all, I think he'll be able to remove himself as dad to be coached. You know what I mean? That's yeah, I think he, he's, got, he's got that personality. He I think can he compartmentalize can, yeah. that. And he's going to say, all right, if the best way for us to win is for Jet to throw the ball eight times a game, then guess what? Yeah. He's going to throw the ball eight times a game. Yeah. And we're going to we're gonna maximize those eight opportunities yes. and make them where we're hope, hoping to have receivers running, running free. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best best friend for a young quarterback is that running game. Absolutely. And so they're, Carthage is going to lean on that running game early. They're not going to make Jet have to make they're not going to put jet in, in situations where he's going to you know his sophomore you know being a sophomore will, will, will hurt him they're going to put him in they're going to put him in favorable situations um kilgore is an interesting matchup because kilgore back-to-back regional finalists that just can't get past chapel hill uh, they got swept by him last year the year before they, they beat him in the regular season lost him in the regional final um clint fuller's done it Really underrated job yes, there at Kilgore the last couple of years. Got that program really going. Um, a lot of questions with Kilgore. They got they they got a young, you know, got to replace a quarterback and running back who both were great players last year mm-hmm. for them. Um, the receivers are solid, and Kilgore may have one of the better secondaries in the state of Texas. You know, Zaylin Stoker picked off ten passes last year. Jesus. And Jaden Sanders on the other side is a f you know. A big time Division yeah. One pro. It's Nick Sanders' son. He played at TCU mm-hmm. for four years. Jaden Sanders is a legitimate Division One prospect in his own right. So you got two potential D one D one DVs back there in the secondary for Kilgore. But the problem is, is, is those guys are probably going to be doing a lot of tackling against Carthage because I don't think Carthage is going to put it up and throw it very much. Right. I don't think Carthage rolls. Carthage beat Kilgore pretty handily last year. I want to say thirty five to ten in the season opener. I don't see that happening this year. I think Carthage pulls away late, but I just don't think Kil- I get a tough matchup for Kilgore because their strengths don't get don't get um, highlighted in this game. I, Carthage is going to lean on those three running backs. I th- I think you're exactly right, and this feels like. This actually feels like a pretty good game to get Scott Sur- or Jet Surratt his first high school start because both like strategically and schematically it just doesn't make a lot of sense for them to ask him to do a ton. Not in this game. No. Not in this game. Mm-mm. So it's like it's perfectly fine if you just go out there and be like, guys, he's going to throw the ball ten times and that's it. 
You know what I mean? There are probably 10 safe passes. Absolutely. We're not going to throw it down the field unless a guy is wide open. Exactly. We're going to check it check it down. We're going to – this feels like a, a Carthage 28-14 kind of game. What was the uh, – when they beat Gilmer this past year in the regional semifinals? It's like 28-7. That feels like what we're yeah. leaning towards. I think I it's going to be that like kind Carthage. of game. 28-14. Carthage is not going to – they're not going to put up these gaudy offensive numbers. They're going to they're gonna – Well, Well, beat. I will say this. Would you like a fun fact that will take two seconds? Sure. The last regular season game that Carthage lost, the last regular season game that Carthage lost, October 7th, 2016, at Kilgore. The last regular season game. Junior running back Keontae Ingram leading the way for Mm -hmm. Carthage. The last regular season game they lost. How many games has Carthage lost in that (laughs) between Uh, those uh, uh, two? Since then? uh, Two? Liberty Hill and China Spring? Yeah, I think so. Liberty Hill in 2019 and China Spring in 2021. I think that sounds right. Uh, I can confirm that. Uh, yeah, two. Two losses since tw- – Carthage has lost two football games since 2016. Since, since that game I mentioned. About and that was a week three, I think, 2016. Yeah. Anyway, good pick. Kilgore and Carthage, fun game. Mad stuff, let's go south. Let's go to the coast. Love going to the coast. Seven thir- Again, TBD, 7.30 p.m. Friday night. At Jack Sportsman Bobcat Stadium. Oh, yeah. In beautiful Refurio, Texas. It is the state-ranked Hitchcock Bulldogs taking on the state-ranked Refurio Bobcats in a matchup of two certified, bona fide, undisputed, shortlist title contenders. Absolutely. For these two teams. And if you... If you're somebody... If you know somebody in your life, if you have somebody in your life who says, I'm not watching small school football. There's no athletes in small school football. Kindly direct them Mm -hmm. (laughs) to Hitchcock and Refurio. Because if you want dudes. Mm -hmm. There's dudes. There's dudes. Two schools whose combined enrollment is probably less than, I'm 100% sure it's less than 600. Got, uh, I can look that up at some point. But yeah, two Um, two small schools here. This is a really interesting just early test for both these teams that yet the last pick I had I said Steele really needs to win to prove something right Mm -hmm. I think both teams can come out of this smelling like roses I think this is one of those games where regardless of the final score both these teams can come out of here feeling really good because they're towing up to a team that is going to do something that a lot of other teams will not be able to do with them, and that is match up athletically. For sure, for sure. That Refurio is not going to find a team that's as fast as them until state semifinals. State semifinals, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, and 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 Hitchcock, probably Columbus, right? That's yeah. the next time they're going to see a team that can match up with them athletically. Hitchcock, we mentioned this in the preview show. This is the year that Hitchcock has been waiting for. This is the this is the team that was promised. Mm-hmm. These are the ones who are promised. <laughs> it is this it's this senior class which has uh, Damian McDaniel and all mm-hmm. those all those boys, and this junior class which has Lloyd Jones the third and all those boys playing together as upperclassmen on the team. This is the team they've been waiting for, right here, and they've got an opportunity to go out there and show that they are early on that they are they are. Th- that MFN team mm-hmm, mm-hmm. going up against Refurio, who we really don't talk about enough. At we talk about them playing. What I mean is, we don't talk enough about the fact that last year they were a year early. 
They were yes. that was not supposed to be the Refurio year. Last year was supposed to be one more Shiner year, and then the Refurio year because the Brooks brothers because all the Brookses are gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now all the Brookses are gone, but they made it to a title game and they beat Shiner twice. They did beat him twice. And year, yeah. now all those boys are back, including the fastest man in Texas. Not an opinion. That is a fact. Not an opinion. Ernest Gamble's the fastest man in Texas. And guys like Isaiah Avery, they've got 17 starters back from a team that played for a title. Yeah, they're, they're, they were a year early last year. They're ready. No, yeah, they're. This game, I think, is going to have fireworks. I think this game is going to have big plays. Like most games like this, I'm going to lean towards Hitchcock simply because I wonder if the depth is going to end up being the difference late in yeah. the game. That seems like the real equalizer here is the depth issue. The computer, for what it's worth, likes uh, ooh, like Refurio by four. Now, part of that's home field advantage. but Yeah, and it's a, it's it, it, that's going to make it. Last year, Refurio went to Hitchcock and I think got stunned a little bit because I don't think anyone really knew how good Hitchcock was last mm-hmm. year. We kind of had an inkling watching them in seven on seven last year, and then they proved it when they bodied Refugio yes. pretty handily. That was a dominant win for Hitchcock. I don't, I don't see a dominant win for Hitchcock in Refugio. Refugio number one is going to be amped up, ready to go at home. It's a tough road trip for Hitchcock mm-hmm. to get from Galveston County down to Refugio. Ain't ain't too easy. It's a, it's a pretty good pretty good haul. So um, it's going to be tough. I think Hitchcock eventually will overwhelm Refugio. I, I just think they. they they present too many difficult matchups for Refurio out wide, and I don't think Refurio has enough cats to match up. So I think that, that I think it'll come down to Hitchcock kind of wearing wearing Refurio down. I I would agree with that. So I like Refurio and Hitchcock. What is your third pick, Matthew? I'm gonna go to H Town. We haven't been to Houston yet. Shout out H Town. A lot of good picks here. A lot of good ones. Friday night, Wood Forest Bank Stadium, as the number two North Shore Mustangs visit the Woodlands, and uh. Remember a year ago, we were on a sideline in Beckville, Texas, and uh, I remember. And uh, we looked at our uh, trusty Friday Night Football app, and early on, and looked at uh, the uh, score of North Shore and the Woodlands uh, in the second quarter, and it was, I think, forty-two to nothing North Shore, and we were like, "Oh boy!" Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I remember because I remember the talk into that game. It was like, "All right, like North Shore." going to be a new look team you know like they've got a lot of pieces to replace like what are they going to and this was supposed to be a really good woodlands team and we didn't know and we didn't know how good caleb bailey was we didn't we didn't caleb we thought bailey. he was like the caretaker quarterback who who like like they kid gloved their way to a title no. <laughs> you know what i mean they unleashed caleb bailey last year <laughs> that dude <Yeah>. unleashed him <laughs> and uh yeah uh bailey's back Coming off that knee injury, I think he's ready to go. You know, he got hurt week seven last year, missed the rest of the season. He's, he's ready to go. Chomping at the bed. Um, they have a new coach. Willie Gaston is now the head coach there at North Shore. Interested to see Gaston in his first game at, in the big chair. You know, John Kay puts a lot of tr- put a lot of trust in Coach Gaston last year and, and, and these past few years. And Gaston, you know, now is taking over the program with John Kay being at Rice. Caleb Bailey. It, what impressed me most about Bailey last year was his ability to run the ball. He was such a dangerous runner last year and just gave North Shore's offense a really 
dynamic dimension. He's got dudes around him. Uh, Chris Barnes, their receiver committed to North Texas. They've got DeAndre Hardeman Jr., the running back, who was kind of the number two guy last year. He's going to be the number one guy this year, kind of get the bulk of the carries. You know they're going to have another guy waiting in the wings. They also get Dion DeBlanc eligible. Mm-hmm. DeBlanc sat out last year, the transfer from Aldi Eisenhower, uh, four-star recruit, got all the big-time offers from everybody. Um Offensively, there's no questions about North Shore skill talent. Um, defensively, there's no question about North Shore secondary. They've got five-star corner Devin, Devin Sanchez, Levante Johnson in the secondary. they got a great linebacker in Dylan Dixon. Um, North Shore's loaded. The two questions for North Shore, offensive line and defensive line. Yep. Do they have enough guys, to, and especially the defensive line, to, to match up? And I think the Woodlands is going to present a, a really good challenge because the Woodlands offensively, they're number one, they're huge up front. Their offensive line is one of the best in the state. They're massive up front. They've got Wisconsin commit, maybe maybe Medauer at quarterback. They've got um, Penn State commit Keandre Baker, the transfer from our Barker, excuse me, Keandre Barker, mm-hmm. uh, who moved in from Arkansas, committed to Penn State. So you got two Big Ten commits um, at quarterback and running back. North Woodlands has Quanell Farrakhan Jr., the big time wide receiver, who's got a ton of Division One offers. That they're gonna they're gonna present big challenges for this this defense for North Shore. The question I have with the Woodlands is their entire defense. That's yeah. where the big questions are. That's why the edge, I think, I don't think North Shore is going to run out to a 42 nothing second quarter lead or anything like that. I think North Shore is going to win kind of a 49-28, mm-hmm. 42-28 kind of game. I think North Shore is going to score, but I don't, I don't think they can score with, I mean, the Woodlands is going to mm-hmm. score, but I don't think they can keep up with North Shore in this game. I'm really intrigued by, let me play narrative. I'll be narrative guy here for a second, Okay. I think, and Willie Gaston has said all the right things. He's done all the right things. He was very clear. We talked with John Kay at coaching school, and he was like, yes, like absolutely. It had to be Willie Gaston to be the next head coach. Like there was no doubt about it. And everyone in Galena Park is like, yep, he's the guy. Like no he's doubt North about Shore it. North Shore through and And he has been North Shore through and through. A lot to like about him. And he has said all the right things and stuff like that. I also think he's going to be out for blood. And I think there is going to be part of, I don't know, I think maybe this is just a natural human feeling of like, new boss, same as the old boss, baby. Mm -hmm. Business is going to keep on rolling around here. And I think they, I think he's, I think Gaston is going to see an opportunity to be like, no, like, we've been the kings of Houston. Here is a perennial contender in the woodlands on the road. We're going to go out there and we're going to try to lay a whooping. I really do. I think that there's something I think there's something to be said for going out there and saying, "You know what? I may be the new guy around here, but we're 24 we're 24/7, baby. We just keep on rolling, okay? Mm-hmm. We there, there's no changes here." And I think you're right. You said the word unleashed. Talk about DJ Bailey or mm-hmm. not DJ Bailey. Um uh DJ or Dion DeBlanc? No, the the quarterback for Oh, Caleb Bailey. Caleb Bailey. Thank you. The other the other the other Bailey quarterback. Um I think they're going to unleash him. And I think, I think that North Shore is going to want to make a statement in this game. The Woodlands is capable of doing this because their offense is going to be pretty darn good. But I like, I like North Shore in this one. Get on up with Dark and Bold from Community Coffee. Look for it at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. All right, Matthew. We're going to go... We're, I'm going to pick 
a game in a place that we have literally never picked a game from. Okay. Do you know that? No. This is the first time. 7.30 p.m., I think. Friday night at Kenny Deal Stadium in Melissa. (laughs) This is accurate. (laughs) Very accurate. As the number one Melissa Cardinals take welcome in the number three Argyle Eagles to... It, their beautiful new 65, $35 million stadium. Hey, they got a discount, man. $35 million. $35 million stadium in Melissa, uh, which has been the viral sensation. It There's one every year. Well, there's one of these one of these stadiums that every mm-hmm. year, like two Twitter accounts, like, like Barstool Sports gets a hold of and be like, oh, yeah. look how crazy high school football is. Now, I will say this about this stadium. First of all, it looks gorgeous. Really, does. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not crapping on them. The other thing about it is that is remarkable is that this is a one school town with a thirteen hundred like it's a five A five A D two five A D two school. Now they're growing, crazy growth, crazy growth. Yeah. So this is getting out ahead of that curve. Yeah. But smart. That is that is a it is it is interesting in that regard. That's what sets it apart. Then like the McKinney Stadium is gorgeous. Obviously they play the Division two state national championship there. But like they serve three schools and it's a prosper same thing. Three high schools. Yeah, three high schools now. So anyway. Excited to see what Kenny Deal Stadium looks like, and I'm really excited about this game because this is a top three matchup that I think is a really, it's a prove-it game for both teams. Argyle, coming off of a state semifinal run, um, they are, they have a couple of questions. Specifically, now, now what's weird is they don't have questions at, like, quarterback. They bring back John Gailey. And they have a couple of playmakers on the defensive side that I know they feel really good about. Bud Petter was really good for them last year. Devin Owen in the secondary is a star. But a lot of the worker bees need to be replaced. They lose two really good offensive linemen, including Wes Tucker, who's off to Baylor. They lose their defensive line guys, Michael Madry and and Riley Van Poppel, mm-hmm. who were off in the plus Grant Mirabel, who I thought was really good for them last year. Got hit hard. Got hit hard mm-hmm. in the again, the worker bee places. Yeah. Not the stars, but the worker bees. This is Todd Rogers we're talking about. They're gonna be good. Like yeah. they're top three for a reason. The man is two hundred and thirty five and forty in his career. He's pretty good. Knows what he's doing. Knows where he run football. Here comes Melissa, the number one team in 5A Division Two, according to some dum-dums. Mm-hmm. The number one team. But you look at them, they're loaded. Okay? They're ready. Nigel Smith on the defensive line. The wide receivers are going to be great, led by Nathan, uh, Carson Maynard. Uh, Nathan Adajokun, their mm-hmm. running back, who was really good for them last year. They bring back Trevor Ham at the quarterback spot. Mm-hmm. They bring back, I think, four of their five offensive linemen. Like, they are ready. They're ready for their close-up. They're at home in front of what should be a wild crowd, and they're opening their new stadium. Oh, yeah. There's one small problem. They don't beat Argyle. Argyle's had their number. Do you know they're six and one? Oh, you know Melissa or Argyle's six and one against Melissa. Yeah, the only time Melissa beat him was twenty yes. twenty twenty. Was it twenty twenty? Yeah, twenty twenty. Melissa beat like twenty one. Like shut him out twenty one nothing in district. That was yeah, it was twenty one nothing. Yeah, twenty one nothing in twenty twenty one. So that was, that was two oh, years. Twenty twenty one. Okay, yeah. But they are Argyle's never had a problem with with Melissa. They just had their number. Yeah, they had their number. And so 
Here is a real prove-it test for Melissa. Melissa, if you do it right, right, if you play to your paper, this is the first of two meetings, right? Because they'll see each other in about 14 weeks in a state semifinal if both teams play to their paper Mm -hmm. and do what the dummies at Dave Campbell's think they should. I think, because I'll be honest, if Argyle goes out there and they Argyle them, they are they do what Argyle does to Melissa. I wonder if the the air is going to come out of that balloon. Yeah, because then it's like, oh, well, even if we do get to a, get like play to our paper, even if we do beat South Oak Cliff, Argyle is waiting for us. I think this is a really important game for Melissa. It's from a mental standpoint. From, a, from just yeah. between the ears. Yeah. I think right now I'm picking Melissa. I think they're the better team, and I think they're at home. Yeah. They're the more they're the more finished product in week one. Agreed. That's kind of my thinking as well. But this is a high leverage game for them right out of the shoot yeah. that I think they really need to perform well in. Because if they don't, that, that, that doubt's going to creep into their Absolutely. Head, you know? Yeah. So I like Argyle and Melissa. What's your fourth pick, Matthew? A lot of good games still on the board here, too. It's a good game. It's a good week. Where did my small school preview go? Sorry. You're listening to live coverage of Matt Sapp sorting out which game he wants. Well, this is Apple computer, you know. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> Call Max Step. Yeah. Friday night, Coyote Stadium in Anna. You're staying mm-hmm. this kind of neck of the woods here. Anna is like five five or six miles up the road from Melissa. This is a, dude, this is a, I'll tell you right now before you even say the name. This is a game I have no read on. Top 10 matchup in 4A Division 1. No read at all. the Decatur Eagles <laughs> come to town to take on the Anna Coyotes. And, you know, a year ago, Anna comes into Decatur, and Steve Huff's first game at, as the head coach at Decatur, Anna comes in and whoops Decatur. Mm-hmm. Anna had a great year. Went 13-1. and got to, this, got to the, you know, quarterfinals for the first time in school history. I mean – what you know? What more can you say about about? They did a great. Evan Bullock threw for like a million yards last year. It's awesome. Um, unbelievable year for Anna. Anna beat Decatur fifty four thirty five last year. Hmm. Decatur actually ended up playing around further than Anna last year. Yes, he did. Decatur went to the state semifinals last year, and they got better as the year went along. I think they started to get kind of get a hold of Steve Huff's system and kind of get confident in what was going on. Oh, and it helps they had Nate Palmer, the TCU commit at running back, just just running rough shot over teams in Region 1. And he's back. Steve Huff's back. Uh, Decatur's offense is going to be really, really good. The question is going to be quarterback. Mm-hmm. Most likely we're looking at uh, Landon Feltz taking over the offense for Preston Escobar. Uh, Feltz was their Decatur's leading receiver last year. Um, is probably going to move to quarterback. So I, I would imagine more of a dual threat type kid uh, to kind of team with Palmer uh, leading the way on the, on the offense. Defensively, Decatur's got, got a you know some holes to fill, but they got some guys. Wyatt Vinzanth, the linebacker, uh, Antoine Gilbreth, the defensive back, guys they can build around. Decatur's going to be really good. They are the favorite in Region One. Yes, sir. This is an Anna team that has some some dudes at key positions. They're loaded. They are. They're playing five A. They're playing four A Division One with five A D two numbers. They they they're they're definitely going five A next week. I mean, we're talking. Anna's probably got fourteen, fifteen hundred kids in the building right now. Like Jeez. this is a huge school for four A. They got numbers. They got a ton of kids back. Um, they've got Jacob Emmers on offense. They got C J Miller on defense. They got experience everywhere. Hmm. 
except at one key spot. And this is a key spot in Seth Parr's system, as you know. That's at quarterback. Where sophomore Zyandre Williams is taking the reins of this Anna, this high-powered Anna offense. Now, a lot of my questions were alleviated mm-hmm. during the summer, during 7-on-7, seven seven, when we saw Zyandre Williams throwing the football. He can spin it. He can throw the football. He, he, he has a grasp of the offense. He's got command of that huddle. He, he can th- he, the, the physical talent is not a question. Now, he's not six foot five, 220 like Evan Bullock was, but he's, he's just a sophomore, and he's got plenty of arm strength, and he's accurate. He is extremely accurate with the football. He puts the ball where it mm-hmm. needs to be. But that was seven on seven. This ain't seven on seven. Pads are coming on. He's going to have a D-line looking to take his head off mm-hmm. on every play. How does he react to that? I don't know. I pick Anna because I think I trust Seth Parr. He's uh-huh. the quarterback whisperer. He has developed great quarterbacks at Lubbock Coronado. He developed a great quarterback there at Anna with Evan Bullock. I think he'll do the same with Zyandre Williams, and I think he's going to – very similar to what Jet Surratt's going to do at Carthage. I don't think he's going to put Williams in bad spots. I think he's going he's gonna to tailor a game plan to put, make, to put Williams in positions to be successful. I think this is going to be a shootout, and my money's on Anna in a shootout. But it's going to be a great game. I, I can see this one going 45-41, something like that. Great game. Also the first game of the year that we're on another offside ends of. I like Decatur in this one. Okay. I think Decatur is more of the finished product right now. I think they have they have fewer of the questions at the, at the positions that matter. Yes, quarterback, but I think Nate Palmer answers a lot of those questions. I... <clears throat> This is me, and I, I thought Evan Bullock was great last year, but I thought Breezy Dubar was maybe their most valuable player last yeah, year. Yeah, Boise State. Boise Bullock State. went to La Tech, and yep. Dubar went to, to, to Boise. I think Breezy Dubar replacing his production is going to be very, very difficult early on. I like to cater. In a very, I mean, close one, but again, this is coin flip type stuff. I want to say the computer has a pick on. Let me see. Decatur. They have it as, I mean, uh, they have uh, Decatur by one. Okay. So, yeah, it's a pick on. And I believe uh, Mallory Hartley just had a little breaking news in the Slack. Oh, yeah? This game may. Uh, I don't want to break it just yet, but there could be a chance this game is streamed on a platform near you. Audible gasp. Anyway, uh, Anna Indicator is your fourth pick. My fourth pick, Matthew. We're going back out to East Texas. But not that game. No, Matt Step. What I want to do is I want to go to... I think that's what it's called. Let me make sure. Hold on. You're listening to live coverage of my Google loading. Go! Hornet Stadium. In Hooks, Texas. Oh, yeah. For a real sexy game. This game's hot. This game's real hot. Got a lot of the hotness. Got a lot of the hotness. As the Harmony Eagles take on the Hooks Hornets. And this is this is bordering on hipster stuff. Like, this is just off the beaten path for a top 10 game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is a top 10 game in 3AD2. Top 10. Harmony was the the darling of the the they were the Cinderella last year. Mm-hmm. They were the Cinderella of 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 three A last year, running all the way to the state semifinals, and they have got a ton back from last year's team. They were the very definition of a year early. Boston Seahorn is back to lead that offense. They are fantastic, and there's reason to believe that they are the favorite to come out of the right side of the bracket. Because there's just a lot to like about this this Harmony team, starting with Seahorn. But I, I want to say 
they bring back like 17 starters. I want to say it's like 18. I mean, it's a lot. 18 or 19. They bring back a ton off of last year's team. They bring back 19 starters. Yeah. Seahorn, Braxton Baker, Weston Seahorn, Tyson Jenkins, Will Young, who was really important at the linebacker spot for them, the leader. They're loaded. I mentioned this on the preview podcasts, and I'll say, and I'll say it again. I am buying stock in the Hornets of Hooks. I like this team a lot. And you want to talk about a team with playmakers? Keyshawn Walls, Jatavius Johnson, Trip Basinger, they are going to fly. They're going to be a lot of fun. And they have got a kid, and it's Chris Birdwell's kid. Ripken Birdwell? Ripken. I wonder who he's named after. I wonder. Go Man, Birds. my own heart right there. Go Birds. Dude, as a freshman, 148 tackles. As a freshman. That seems good. He's back. They're going to be – they are a real – they're a real darling of mine. I am very, very intrigued in what, Hook, in what Hooks has to offer. This is a great litmus test for both of these teams, both of whom have legitimate claims to – well, okay, they're both on that short list in Region 3. Newton and Dangerfield – Exist. <laughs> they will need to be dealt exist with. Exist in some dimension. They will need to be dealt with at some point. Not to mention, you know, Harmony West, and Dangerfield are in the same district. West Rusk, Hemp Hill, number of teams in Region 3. But here is a real sorting mechanism. And you want to talk about the. This is the kind of game that when we get to the playoffs, we're going to refer back to this game and say, yeah, but remember, Hooks beat Harmony or Harmony beat Hooks as a real, like, sorting mechanism. Sure. This is a fascinating game. I like Harmony to go on the road and get a win, but I am very interested, especially in how this that Harmony offense with Seahorn up against this this defense for for Hooks, which brings back nine starters from last year. Mm-hmm. Just oh, uh, top shelf stuff for Week One. Really good stuff. I like Hooks and, and Harmony in this one. So that's my fourth pick. What is your fifth and final pick, Matthew? There's a lot of good games I'm leaving, leaving on the table here. Yeah. There's so many good ones. It's just a great week. Um, I don't think we've been to Austin yet. We haven't. So I'm going to go to Austin. Okay. And I don't know if this game is Thursday or Friday night. Sorry. I know it's at Dragon Stadium in Round Rock. I can look this up. As the Pflugerville Weiss Wolves visit the Round Rock Dragons in a really intriguing Austin area matchup between Weiss, who is one of just two Austin teams in Region 2, and a Round Rock team who I think gets is always really good and often gets overshadowed because you've got Westlake, Lake Travis, and now Vandegrift sucking up a lot of oxygen in the room. Friday, 7 o'clock, at least originally scheduled for 7 o'clock. Dragon State and Round Rock. So Weiss, there's a lot of hype around Weiss right now. Vernon Hughes, new head coach. Most of it's started by Matt Stubb. He's a... What's that? I missed that. I said most of it started by Matt Stubb. I, I, I was early on the Weiss train. <laughs> you were an early adopter. Yes, and for good reason. They've got they're as talented as anyone in Austin. You got a TCU commit and a North. They got two two D one receivers. Adrian Wilson committed to TCU. Uh, J- uh, uh, Jaquez Bradley Demps committed to North Texas. They got a safety committed to Texas Tech. Like they're loaded with mm-hmm. talent. But this is all kind of new for Weiss now. Mm-hmm. Last year, go back to the playoffs, when Weiss played DeSoto in the first round, for about almost three quarters, Weiss was right there toe-to-toe with DeSoto. DeSoto pulled away late, and we know what DeSoto did to win a state championship. So Weiss has obviously shown shown they can get it done. They're talented. 
This is a Round Rock team that that lost a lot, but won the state seven on seven this summer, and they've got two key guys back that 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 really make them go. That's quarterback Mason Cochran, mm-hmm. who also doubles as a spot linebacker at times. That dude rocks. Uh, and then you got Leonard Moore, the Notre Dame commit, who headlines the defense and occasionally will slide over the offensive side of the ball when they need to play. Um, Weiss has the skill talent. Round Rock's at home. I think Round Rock up front has has the, the, the advantage on the offensive and defensive lines. But I really like this measuring stick game to kind of see where the big boys in Austin mm-hmm. stack up in this game. Behind, I would say right now this is the top, top five Austin mm-hmm. area matchup. I think yeah. we got like Travis Westlake – Vandegrift in some order, Springs. Yeah. I think these are kind of teams in that four to seven range mm-hmm. where we're kind of kind of see who stacks up where in, in the Austin, the greater pecking order in the Austin area. So really intrigued by this game. I think Round Rock's going to win a close one, but I would not be surprised in the least if Weiss came into Round Rock, opened the season with a big win and kind of sent a shot across the bow to everyone, you know, because the other thing interesting is Weiss is in region two. So Weiss needs to kind of set the tone early to say hey we can play with the big boys even if we're in region two this isn't a big deal for us so interested to see how this one shakes out very intrigued especially the uh uh the debut of coach hughes um you know i I think there's there's a lot to learn from this between round rock and weiss and and yeah i'm I'm with you that's a fascinating game my fifth and final pick matthew i'm going to save duncanville south oak cliff for my hipster game um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Really hipster. There. Uh, apolog- As you sip your IPA over there. Apologies to uh, uh, Duncanville South Oak Cliff. Apologies to Longview McKinney. Apologies to China Spring Lorena. Apologies to DeSoto Allen. I mean, it's a cr- oh, great week. It's a crazy week of games. Yeah. Because Matt Stuff, there's only one game to talk about here, and it's eight o'clock Friday night in Wichita Falls. I'll spoil part of the picks video. Please watch the picks video when it comes out on on Wednesday night or Thursday morning. I called this the most important game of the weekend, and I am not wrong. It is the most important game of the weekend in the Texas high school football landscape. Okay? Mm -hmm. It has the most on the line. It is Ryder and Old High for the 62nd and final time. The final matchup of these crosstown rivals between Wichita Falls Rider and Wichita Falls High. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, from what I understand, is sold out. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, that this game is going to be an absolute zoo. Grant Freeman told me that he's got emails that people are flying in from California and New York to come to this game As because they it's this, the, is, this is huge. It's the final meeting. If you don't know, and we'll keep hitting the reset because every podcast is somebody's first. At the end of this year, Wichita Falls ISD will close all three of their high schools: Wichita Falls High, Old High, Ryder High School, and Hershey High School, and they will open up two brand new high schools. And Correct. so they'll consolidate three schools into two. As a result, this is the end of the line for all of these programs. All three of them will cease to exist. And that includes Wichita Falls High, who is one of the most decorated programs in Texas high school football history. Yeah, it is. They're one of the most historic programs in all the state. I mean, it's I know it's been a minute because it was back in like the thirties and the and the twenties and thirties, but like they were they were the dominant force. They were the powerhouse. And 
They they have an opportunity to reach 700 wins, which is very hallowed ground. Mm-hmm. This is a program that has known that knows its way around football, and they this is the last meeting of them and their arch rival, which is Ryder. Mm-hmm. Ryder has dominated this series. Dominated this series. They have won, I believe it's 40. I believe they are 40, 18, and something. That's right. I have my notes here somewhere from the picks video when I wrote this down. They have dominated this series, including they have won the last nine meetings, nine times. Mm-hmm. They've won nine in a row, 40, 18, and three, I believe, is the record. And this is a Coyotes team, though. It's coming off of a run to a regional final. Um, they bring back Eric Powell at the running back spot. I think Keandre Fleeks is a real game-breaker for them. Ryder's got some playmakers themselves, Tyrone Morgan, Jalen Gibbs, but they have some replacements to do on the offensive side. The key for me in this game, Wichita Falls defense, they have got to reload defensively and figure things out. And then also, the scene. It's going to be a nuthouse. This is going to be the wildest crowd that either of these teams have ever played in, and unless one of them makes it to like a state semifinal, it will be the wildest crowd they will play in front of. Agree. So who can handle it? I ain't picking against the streak. Riders won nine in a row. I think they make it ten in a row. I think they close out the series with a win. But Wichita Falls has stomach for the fight. And they I'm do. And fascinated they're, by this game. They're going to be so amped up for this. And game. this is going to be. I mean, this is one of those things. Like, it's it's funny. We were talking. There was games earlier where you wonder, like, do you hold things back? Do you only show part of your playbook? You don't want to put everything on wax. Mark Bindle and Grant Freeman are going to let them hang because oh, yeah. you got to win this game. <laughs> this because this is it. This is this, it. This is bragging rights for forever. Forever. <laughs> forever. For, go back to Sandlot forever. Ever. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's and also if Mark Bendel wins, uh-huh. he's beaten his boss. He has beaten his boss. Because Grant Freeman is now the athletic director of Wichita Falls and ISD. Could, and he could do the Vince McMahon walk every time he walks yeah. by. Just do like the shimmy shake, <laughs> stuff like that. I'd have to call Freeman and have a, have, a, <laughs> have a chuckle about that if that happens. So. Anyway, there is your uh, your week one game draft presented by our friends at Community Coffee. Step took College Station Lovejoy, Kilgore Carthage, the Woodlands, Galena Park, North Shore, Decatur and Anna, and Round Rock and Pflugerville Weiss. I took Cibolo Steel, San Antonio Brennan, uh, Refurio and Hitchcock, Argyle, Melissa, Harmony and Hooks, and Wichita Falls, and Wichita Falls Rider. That is your week one draft. We had a matchup of state champions that we did not get picked. <laughs> DeSoto Allen did not get picked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Longview McKinney did not get picked. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other, like, just... Sh- Holly Jim Ned. Holly Jim Ned did not, did not get picked. Tyler Ch- Chapel Hill and Gilmer did not yeah. get picked. Pleasant Grove and Brock did not get picked. Yeah. Uh, Beckville Timpson? I mean, it's a Port shock. Groves, Port Arthur Memorial, oh Hampshire Fernet Lumberton. By the way, that's another game. Here's a bonus pick. We're on opposite ends of Port Arthur Memorial and PNG. I think PNG's going to win it. Really? I think PNG's going to okay. beat Memorial. But okay. we're on opposite ends of that. Anyway, that is your week one game draft. It's a crazy week. It's going to be great. It's now time for your hipster game of the week. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, again, if this is your first episode, welcome. This is a portion of the podcast where we close it out by picking a game that 
it's maybe off your radar. Yeah. Everyone knows about South Oak of Duncanville, right? Mm-hmm. Or you should. This is a game. If you listen that, to this podcast, you should. Yes. This is a game that may be off of your radar a little bit. Uh, and so here with his hipster game of the week is Matt Stepp. I'm going to go 7 o'clock tentatively mm-hmm. Friday night in Bay City. Ooh. As the Sweeney Bulldogs take on the Bay City Black Cats. And this is going to be our first look at the new look Sweeney Bulldogs under Coach Jay Seibert. Mm-hmm. Now, Sweeney had a rough year last year. I want to say they were 1-9 last year. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. But they bring back everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean literally – I want to say 21 starters are back. And they also added in a pretty good transfer quarterback – if your name is Ace and you're a quarterback, you, you got to be good, that right? Rocks. And that Ace, rocks. Ace Seibert, this is a dude's rock kind of quarterback. He, he, you know what? That dude rocks. He's the dude's rock player of the week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't put that on me. I got to do a dude's rock player. No, of the week I'm gonna too. do. I think <laughs> I'm gonna do a dude's rock player of the week. <laughs> uh, dude's rock. Mallory over here just yeah. looking at us, like stop, pissed off. God. Um, Bay City's the favorite. Bay City had a great year last year. They should be really good again this year. For me, this is a litmus test to see how far this Sweeney team has come thus far under Coach Seibert and if they are a potential playoff contender in District 10-4A Division Two. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Belleville, Brookshire Royal, Sealy lead the, lead the way in that district, but can, can, can Sweeney be a team that's kind of that, that sleeper, kind of hipster kind of team that I think they could be. Because I talked about Sweeney a little bit as, as one of my sleeper, like real deep, deep cut sleepers. This is a chance for them. I'm not saying they got to win this game. If they come out and play competitive with Bay City, I think that that shows you a lot about how far, how far Sweeney's come. Yeah, that's very interesting. Another another coach in a new place uh, that I'm very interested in, Nacogdoches, is at Palestine. Mm-hmm. It's the Darby House debut at Nacogdoches. That could be a quick turnaround. He has been a quick turnaround artist. Yes. And I'm interested to see. And, and that would be a nice feather in their cap to Palestine's go on the road to Palestine. If they were team. to go out there and get a win, that would be uh, that would be very big for them. All right, Matthew. I am going to go, again, I believe it's tentative. Yeah, tentatively, 7.30 p.m. Friday night. <laughs> this is so hipster. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at, where'd that stupid tab go? There it is. At New Tech Coliseum in Austin. <laughs> Ishmael Johnson bursts into the room. <laughs> the Mainer as the Mainer New Tech Titans welcome in the Austin Eastside Panthers. Okay. Matt Step, can you tell me a notable thing? It's a sadly notable thing, but a notable thing about the Austin Eastside Panthers. Matt Step, the Austin Eastside Panthers have the state's longest losing streak. Correct. They've lost 38 in a row, dating back to 2017. Their coach, Luis Becerra III, is 0-39 as the head coach at, at mm-hmm. Eastside. It's a tough it's a re- That's a tough gig. It is a tough gig. Tough to get kids out to play. Right now, he projects they're going to have 30 varsity players for this year. How many? 30. For Eastside? For Eastside. That would be really good for them. Yes. That would be very good. That means he's building something. And that's why I'm here to tell you, Matt, that the state's longest losing streak is going down this week. Okay. 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 Austin Eastside is going to beat Maynard New Tech. Now, Maynard New Tech is only a seven-point favorite according to the computers. Okay. Okay. And you got to go on the road. 
And, th- and, and you don't just walk into New Tech Coliseum That's right. and no. get a win. No. But I think there's some exciting playmakers that Eastside brings back. I think they're going to be pretty good in the defensive front seven, which I think is just going to be like a nice thing to do if you can just stop the run. Mm-hmm. It's happening. I think Eastside is going to beat Maynard New Tech, and they're going to snap the state's longest longest losing streak. And I think Coach Becerra is going to get a long overdue and deserved win. I'm going to awesome. go with Eastside and Maynard New Tech. And that is my hipster game of the week. Um, okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're going this week? Thursday night, I will be opening the season on Texan Live with our good friend Greg Powers <laughs> on the call as the Longview Lobos visit the McKinney Lions in a really great Thursday <sighs> Thursday opener. It's going to be hot. It's going to be uncomfortable. Hopefully the air conditioner is working really good in the press box. Uh, that's another game that I've gone back and forth on. Because, like, I think I trust Longview more, but the upside on McKinney is crazy. Mm-hmm. That if they put it together in week one, like, they could win and win resoundingly, and then everyone's talking about McKinney. Like, I've gone back and forth on this a lot. I, I think Longview's going to win it. I think so, too. I think, they're, I, think they're, I think they're the safer pick here. They are. McKinney, the, the, the variance, the ups, the variance of McKinney. Dude, their ceiling so the ceiling yeah. is the roof, as a great man once said. Now I will say this: talk to a guy. It's, a, it's just a scrimmage. Talk to a guy. Said they didn't look good in their scrimmage against Lovejoy. Lovejoy put it on them. Longview? No, McKinney. McKinney. Mm. So little concerned about that. Okay. McKinney, Lovejoy put it on McKinney last year in their scrimmage sure. too. McKinney sure. got yeah. McKinney got better as the year went along. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see. Very interesting. Also, McKinney, how they handle the quarterback situation. Yeah, because they got two good ones. Yes, with uh, the sophomore whose name escapes me, and then then God's power. Uh, uh, one one way one way he one way hey yeah one way hey yes. Uh, I'm so. just gonna call him God's power. It's him God's power. Yeah, I'm just gonna call him God's power. power. Yeah, a, when, you, when you're when you're named God's power, you shouldn't be called. Yeah, him exactly. Uh, you're named God's power, Smith. Nobody should ever call you Smith. No, it's God's power. Uh, Friday, I'm gonna go down to Whitney to see. Uh, <laughs> hey. Watch out for Whitney this year. That's that's a I know you've you've said that a couple times. Been a big Whitney. It's guy. just it's just <laughs> I just explain to people sometimes it's like first Friday night of the year you can go anywhere you want Whitney. That's right. <laughs> uh, the debut of Tommy Brashear, head coach it at is. Troy, taking on the Whitney Wildcats. And again, I think I I actually want to see Whitney. I I think they're a team that can challenge Grandview in that district. Mm-hmm. Want to see how good you laughed at my game last year, week one, and what I happened? Did. Comanche. I got to see. I I was ahead of the Comanche curve. You were. You year. hopped on the Comanche bandwagon early. You're right. You and you then uh, Saturday, I'll be down in San Antonio with our friends at the KSAT Pigskin mm-hmm. Classic for a triple header. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't quite have the the big time name power that, that last year's class it does, but still three th- should be three good games in the air conditioning, which is mm-hmm. even better. Uh, Eleven a.m. We've got uh, Somerset taking on San Antonio Southside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Three o'clock. We've got Uvalde, led by Coach Wade Miller, taking on San Antonio Jefferson. And then the nightcap. Well, they're they're expecting a crowd. They're expecting a crowd of of ten thousand plus for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big rivalry in San Antonio, Brandeis and O'Connor, mm-hmm. uh, 6A matchup, two rivals in Northside ISD, always has an insane atmosphere. Uh, 
Ferris Stadium has not been able to hold this. This uh, it's called the Whataburger Bowl because of the infamous food fight at the at post game. Uh, Whataburger. I have a crazy Brandeis O'Connor story that I'd like to share with you real quick. Here with a crazy Brandeis O'Connor story. It's messed up. One of the first games I ever saw in San Antonio was a Brandeis O'Connor game on a Saturday night, and it was an overflow. Ferris Stadium holds ninety five hundred, and it was an overflow crowd. Uh, Brandeis is up by by um, a point late in the game. O'Connor, like six seconds left. O'Connor's on their own 35-yard line, down by a point. Can't throw a Hail Mary yeah. too far, so they try one of the crazy lateral plays, right? Mm-hmm. Complete like a 15-yard pass in the middle of the field. Guy starts lateraling it. They get down about the 40, and it looks like the guy gets tackled at the 40-yard line. Mm-hmm. And right before he goes down, he flips the ball behind him. And a uh, guy from – but at, as he flips the ball behind him, the, O'Con- the Brandeis sideline – runs onto the field thinking the game's over mm-hmm. well o'connor gets tackled at the 45 yard line or whatever referee flags are everywhere there's like 50 people on the field it's madness uh oh brandeis gets called for illegal participation rightfully so too many men on the field 15 yard penalty ball moves up to the 25 yard line o'connor kicks a 42 yard field goal wins the game on a walk-off that's that is, my O'Connor that Brandeis story. So, uh, always a crazy atmosphere in those two plays. So they're expecting ten thousand plus for this one. So it should be a great game and a great way to close out the week one. Some, Somerset Southside's a low key banger too. Somerset had a great year last year. Mm-hmm. Coy Detmer's done a great job mm-hmm. there. Uh, Southside's a good team. They they were a, uh, a district champion last year in five A Division two. So that's a it's a pretty good game as well. Uvalde obviously they're still. Mm-hmm. I think you know Uvalde getting the invite probably you know. You know, it's, I think it's, it's me. I've, I have not. I've only seen Uvalde play once. Mm-hmm. So it'd be a cool chance to see them, a community that, that you know from still recovering from mm-hmm. that tragedy that happened last. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, or I guess it was last yeah. May, um, or May of twenty twenty. May twenty twenty one. Yeah, May of twenty twenty one. So, um, good to see Uvalde and see Coach Miller and all those good folks for the Coyotes. So, yes. should be a good week to way to clo- open the season. Was it May of twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two? That's sad that we're debating this, but. I think, I think it's May of 2022. I think it's 22. Yeah, I think it's yeah, two years. Two years. Yeah, yeah, May 2022. Um, anyway, I'm going to be on Valley Sports Southwest. We've got uh, Ennis and Waxahachie, Battle of 287. Mm-hmm. So make sure you tune in for that. And then, of course, watch Dave Campbell's Texan Live Friday night. Yes, Texas, Texas football, football tonight. tonight. Free. Baby, Texan free. Live, live yes. everywhere. Texas football And I football guess Thursday tonight. night you're going to be uh, locked in at Texan Live, aren't I'm you? I'm locked in. I'm on, I'm on kid duty. I'm, um, it's, it's, it's boys night. Dude rock. Watch um, a lot of football. I told Broin, Broin I, down. I told Hank, I was like, "We're gonna watch some football." He's like, "That sounds great." So he's Jonesing, and uh, and 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 we're Jonesing too. And so. I guess there's some good games on Texan Live Saturday night as well. Oh, I'm gonna be the college football slates. Not really. There, there is college football this week, but UTEP plays. UTEP Saturday night. I think so. Saturday at some point. They okay. play like Jacksonville State. I think. Okay. So. Well. Uh, Pretty good. Yeah, I know there's at least one really good game. I know we have Cedar Hill Rockwall Saturday on Texan Live mm-hmm. at two, and then I know six thirty we have Katie and Clear Springs. Nice. That is a very good game. Yeah. Katie 630 and Clear Springs is tentatively scheduled for six thirty yes. Saturday, and that that may get pushed. Yeah, that might. Later that's as well. got that's got seven thirty kick written all over it. And then I'll honest, be but. live tweeting from the Alamo Dome all day. So we we got you covered all weekend. It's a good time of year, folks. Week one is here. Happy football season. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week on Tep and Stuff. <laughs>